You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 107. And today we're talking about the secrets that you need to know to be an outsourcing hero. So stay tuned. I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks and mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Super looking forward to hanging out with you today and sharing today's topic. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you ready to grow your business and make more money, but you can't work any harder? I know that I certainly have been here in the past and the way that I dealt with this and what today's topic is all about today is outsourcing. So I'm welcoming Rosie Shiloh to the show who is known as the VA advocate and she helps hundreds of VAs build successful businesses and also works with the business owners to help them with the process of outsourcing. Now Rosie has just released her third book, The Outsourcing Secret, and she has shares insights in the book about how to determine what you should outsource, how to let go and trust your contractors and how to choose and build your virtual team. So I will pop the link to be able to get a copy of that book into the show notes. But let's jump into today's episode with Rosie because today she has heaps of tips to share to help you move forward with your outsourcing. Cool. Welcome to the show, Rosie. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here too. Yeah, we're going to be talking about virtual assistants and hiring teams today, which is something that I'm super passionate about. And seeing it's your business, guess you are too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of want to be. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was probably, I probably made the assumption, but no, I know you are. That's why I've invited you to be here. I know how passionate you are about this topic. Yeah. Um, before we jump in, why don't you tell us the kinds of people that you work with and how you help them? Because I know you've got two sides to the business. Mm. Yeah, so on one side, I'm working with Australian virtual assistants, so introducing people to the industry and um, helping them develop a business if that's something that they've got the skill base for Mm -hmm. and supporting them with ongoing training and VAs who have been in in business for quite a while can still get the support through our community, webinars and access to job leads. But on the flip side of that, as you're saying, is um, business owners who need support who need to be outsourcing so that they're actually you know using their time a lot more efficiently and getting a bit more bang for their buck so I talk to them like we are today about how to outsource and about and and we help them find virtual assistants to meet their needs totally and that's the side that we're going to be chatting about today one of the things that I find with the, the people that I work with is that they're amazing at, you know, like that front of stage stuff. They love creating content. They love delivering. They love facilitating. You know, they love doing this kind of stuff. And behind them, if they don't have anyone helping them, and a lot of them don't, they've just got this mess 
of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure you see it a lot. And that's why I wanted to talk because I've been in business for such a long time. I've always had staff. I just think it's absolutely crazy that anyone would try and run a business without staff. I think one of the best bits of advice I got right when I very, very first started my journey is always hire someone that is smarter than you and in their zone of genius so that you can live in yours. And, you know, I'm really grateful to my, it was actually my first boss that gave me that, that bit of advice when I went into business. And I'm so glad he did because I've never been afraid to have someone that's better than me in certain areas. And, you know, that, that's what we're going to talk about. The biggest question I get from people when they come to me is I've got this overload of things that are going on. Like when, like when do I even look at starting to hire? I'd love to hear that from your perspective. Okay, so the, the first thing is what you're referring to with the whole behind the scenes things, I refer yeah. to as business undies, right? So, no, undies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody wants, like they're showing everything else, it's all beautiful and wonderful, but nobody wants to, to show anyone their business undies. So you've got to have a level of trust in someone before obviously you're going to be letting them into the inner sanctum. So that's one thing is... It's more about having, as you said, one of the best things you can do is having the confidence to have someone help you, someone who is better at it than you are mm-hmm. and, and putting your ego aside. Having someone right from the start isn't always viable for people. You know, you do need to be making some money, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think they need to be making a lot more money than they are mm. to get someone on board. Yep. What usually happens is you've got to bite the bullet and get someone on board and that will not only give you the kick up the bum you need to start making more money so you can pay their bills so you start to be more creative, but they're obviously, if you're doing it the right way, they're giving you the ability to make more money because you're focusing on the money-making activities instead of sitting there you know, with this either working on it yourself Mm-hmm. or not doing it, which means, you know, lack of cash flow, lack of customer care, lack of processes, which can cost you as well. Yeah, totally. I know that going back a few years ago when I was just transitioning into coaching, I remember I woke up one morning with this idea for this online mastermind and I was like, okay, so I need someone to help me because I, I don't know a lot of what has to happen like in the tech to get that membership set up. Mm. So I thought, okay, let's see if this thing's got legs. And I just jumped on the phone, signed up 10 clients that day and hired someone the next day. It's really, I think that so many people think, oh, I've just got to wait until I can afford it. Instead of asking the question, what do I need to be able to afford it? Because when we've got someone helping out in our business, it gives us the ability to spend more time in the cash generating or the money generating activities to actually grow our business. Absolutely. You do and you find a way. It's just like, you know, if if you sign up to a new course or, you know, any kind of program that you're doing, you've got to work out how you're going to make that money, how you're going to get your return on investment. And that's how you run businesses. So the same mindset is with building your team, but you get so much more than just task completions from having a good team. You get, you, you actually get People don't believe it, but you get free mentoring. (laughs) 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 So they, you know, they support because you end up, if you've got a good relationship, you end up supporting each other, you know, with mindset stuff and just getting through the tough things just as much as anything else. And the value of that is so much higher than what people put on the hourly value. Yeah, totally. 
for people that are sitting at home, they're doing everything on their own. They've just got admin coming out the wazoo. <laughs> They've got so many jobs that need to be done. You know, there's videos that need to be cut and audios that need to be cut. And there's, you know, website stuff that needs to be updated and finances that need to be dealt with. How do you actually know or what's the process to actually begin that hiring process? Because there is no such thing as a super VA. It's such a myth. And people think that virtual assistant means I can get someone to do everything, but it's not the case, right? No, absolutely not. Yeah, you need to get, if you've got those tasks, you need to have someone who knows finances. If you, you need someone who knows video editing. And I don't think I know anyone who knows those two extreme levels no. <laughs> really well. <laughs> you know, that would just be crazy. And, and if you're looking at virtual assistants who say they do everything, that to me is an alarm bell because you cannot be amazing at everything. Yeah. If you were, you know, you wouldn't be a virtual assistant. You'd be on the news, you know. You'd be like... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> They'd be making movies about you. That's right. You know, it'd just be crazy, lads. Yeah, you definitely need to find the individual tasks. So, so breaking it down, I'm actually just about to launch my third book, actually. So thank you for leading into that. And that is for business owners around how to outsource. And it takes you through that process of understanding what it is you're trying to achieve breaking that down into tasks and working out the best sort of person to complete those tasks. And then, you know, finding the right person and then managing that process. But it's important not to hire a VA as a Band-Aid solution. You do, you do need to have a strategy. So if you go into it and you say, okay, I'm going to have a VA because everything is crazy and I'm going bonkers. And then you think that hiring a VA is going to solve all of that. You're going to be sorely disappointed, I think. And you need to have, if it's a Band-Aid solution, you're not going to have clear outcomes that you can measure to see whether it's working for you or not. So you do need to have strategy in place. Yeah. And I love that you've touched on that because I know one of my clients years and years and years ago had heard, you know, you can hire a, a virtual assistant for $2 an hour. And it'll save all your, it'll save your business and it will save you all these hours. And she said all it did was stress her out because now she was paying someone. She had no idea what to give this person. The person was feeling uncomfortable on the other end of the computer going, ah, uh, you know, what have you got to give me? And she's like, oh, my God, I thought I was stressed before, but I was actually more stressed yes. not knowing what to hand over. So so tell us a little bit about what that strategy needs to be because I think I hear that all the time. There's a lot yeah. of people that wind up in that boat. Yeah. Well, when you're looking at that strategy, you need to work out whether you need an admin assistant, which is only one type of virtual assistant, or if you need someone who is also running a business like you, who can bring in the business skills, management skills, auditing skills that you need to then come in and overhaul it. Someone who isn't going to sit back and say, what have you got for me? but more so someone who's going to say, okay, what's your plan? What are your pain points? This is what we're doing next. So, you know, and that is often what you'll find with a really high-end Australian virtual assistant is they'll have that ability as a fellow business owner to work with you on how to, you know, work your way through those pain points. So you might find that you've got tasks there that you can just allocate and it's easy and you don't need that strategy. That's fine you can go, okay, well, this is where I'm going to get support for that. That's quite easy and hand that over. But if it's more complicated than that, yes, you need to actually sit down and work out what the strengths are that you need. And I think a lot of people, I have so many people actually who have come to me over the years and say, I need another me. 
And I go, no, you don't. No, that's the last thing you need. <laughs> that's the last thing you need. Two of you will drive you bonkers if you're anything like me. Oh, my God. What you need is the opposite of you, but that has the same communication style as you. So one that you're compatible with in communication, but who fills the gaps, who has the strengths where you have weaknesses. And so nutting that out and then finding the right person and allowing time. So if you've got the right person, you shouldn't need to teach them how to do the task, but you will need to orientate them on how your business runs and what how you run, what, what you like, what you don't like, and what your goals and objectives are. So there's got to be some you know, a period of time there where that learning curve is allowed, you know, to, to happen. Totally. So once we've written down all the tasks that we want to get rid of and we've ascertained, you know, who can we hand off the bulk of these to? And, and I would say, I don't know if this is right, that most of the time it's an admin assistant. No. Um, oh, cool. Tell yeah. us more about that thing. <laughs> yes. This is your zone of genius. <laughs> yeah, um, I find there's a lot more work for the higher end stuff because, you know, with, you know, your sort of audience, you've got your coaches and your trainers, your consultants. How many of them are well-trained in strategy on social media or how many of them know how to manage WordPress properly and SEO? How many of them could edit this sort of, you know, podcast and get that up there? They've Mm -hmm. got the thinking, they've got the way to help people with their thinking, but when it comes to the higher-end admin, they can wing their way through formatting a document. Yes. That's, you know, and sending out emails. But the higher-end stuff is where people are seeing them and it's either good or it's bad. So if your social media looks terrible or your videos look terrible or your website looks terrible, it doesn't really matter what, you know, the smaller admin is like. But that being said, one of the first things that I was really excited to outsource was my reception. Um, So I hate phones. (laughs) And and I say to people, I would rather catch up for a coffee or Skype with you just because the phone delay makes, I'm too impatient. It makes me so cross. I don't know if it's just my phone or what, but it's turned me into an anti-phone hideous monster. And so Hannah and her team now answer my phones for me, which is amazing because then the customer support that my, my audience is getting is much, much better because someone's picking up the phone and they've got, you know, access to my website and my, all my information so they can, you know, walk them through their questions as best they can. Apart from that, the other sorts of support I get are around copywriting, around some small design stuff because my background is in design. So if it's uh-huh. an area that I don't want to do, I'll outsource that. Also event management and managing my podcast guests, for example. Yep. So, so it's less um, just you, what people picture as your menial admin and more around connecting with your audience and presenting you in the way you want to be presented. Oh, I love it. I love it. So you mentioned before that you really want someone that's the opposite of you. Yes. Do you recommend using some sort of profiling system to actually find out who that person is, like disc profiling or Myers-Briggs? 
Yeah, it can be. It's something that I have looked at in the past to see whether that would help people. I think a lot of virtual assistants being contractors, being self-employed, that, you know, they've obviously got to make that decision about whether they want to be profiled or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I'm training them, I talk about, you know, personality types and I actually do go through a much, much more basic personality type, which is going to sound really funny now that you've mentioned my Briggs, you know, these really high-end ones. And I'm going to refer to the one with the otter the whatever works right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's actually a really simple personality test and I actually run all my students through that because understanding how to communicate with different personality types and knowing where your strengths and weaknesses are is just as important for them as it is for you so it's definitely two-sided so rather than sitting there and worrying about what personality your VA has, I think it's better to identify what sort you have first mm-hmm. and to figure out, you know, who, how you communicate best and understanding those strengths and weaknesses. So for me, I'm a lion. It's obvious that I'm a lion. And so I need, you know, information quickly. I make decisions quickly. I can be quite loud. I can be a bit abrupt, but I'm definitely a nurturer. And so I've got pros and cons. Mm-hmm. And understanding that helps me work with the different personality types on my team. Yes. So I'm, it's more me taking responsibility for my own personality type than worrying too much about theirs. Does that make sense? It does. I think that there's definitely a place for both. Yes. Because I think that when you do hire someone, that is the same as you you're not actually filling the gaps and what will happen is you end up just you know sometimes even butting heads because you're not getting what you want and I think that comes out as a frustration to your assistant of oh my goodness you're not doing what I need you to do but in all fairness they're doing what is you know normal or right for their personality yes so I think that it's really beneficial to know both so I know you know I'm a very I, I don't know lions and otters and bears so, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know in this profile I'm a very high d so it sounds like we're very similar and I can be very abrupt and it's not because I'm being rude it's just I know I need this done It'll come out in three words. It doesn't mean anything. It's just that I've already moved on. So I need someone that can take that and not get offended by that, but also someone that can be detail-oriented because that's when I do get abrupt, when the details are not quite there. That's when it's like, (laughs) So I think that it's definitely, you know, both sides. It's about bringing two halves together to, to, you know, to make a whole so that you don't, don't have the hole there in the middle. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yes, it's it's definitely, you know, two-sided. The whole relationship is two-sided. Your agreements, the personality types, respecting each other's skills, abilities and availability, you know, it's always two-sided and that's when partnerships go really, really well, when there's that mutual respect because you're both bringing, and that's why I think when you hire people who are better at things than you, it's really good because you don't suddenly have this hierarchical kind of vibe going on where you feel, where you think you're better than they are which is actually really not a great working relationship yeah exactly exactly so what are some of the problems that you see from people that are coming in even just like right from the beginning of the hiring process like Mm -hmm. right from okay I've decided that from today I'm going to hire someone what are some of the mistakes that you see people making 
So some of the mistakes are not being clear on what they're trying to achieve. So as I mentioned earlier, that whole Band-Aid solution. So not understanding where they're trying to go with their business so that they can take that person on the journey with them and see what's working and what's not. Also with keeping their cards too close to their chest, people freak out about being able to share what they want to achieve and where they're going. And so that means that the person that you're bringing on board cannot identify opportunities for you. They can't share in this, you know, journey with you properly because they've only got half of the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing. I think also expecting everything to improve instantly. It's going to be harder initially for, for yes. a little bit, but it's worth the investment of your time and your money as you guys, you know, you get to learn how each other works and how you can make it better Often the relationship ends up being quite different to what you envisage at the start. And as you work through those goals and those visions together, you'll find other ways to to get there that are actually better because two minds are better than one. Yes. So being okay with that learning curve and being okay with it to evolve Mm -hmm. is another thing. And also focusing on how much work can be done in an hour. That's a massive one. If you can hire someone based on outcomes, so packaging, that's great. If it's hourly, just it's really important not to sit there and worry about how long you think someone is taking to do a job compared to how long you would take. Yes. More about keeping tabs on what the budget is, how much of it's been used, how much of it hasn't, and just getting out of that TikTok mindset because it's actually going to distract you from where you're trying to get to. That's a fantastic one. Definitely outcomes-based because that's, you know, as coaches and consultants, that's how we need to be delivering our services. It's on outcomes, not, you know, I don't want someone like say, oh, I've still got five minutes left. Yeah. Like, what else can we talk about? Oh, we just dealt with the problem. Like, yeah. we're done. I you sorted know? it out for you in 55 instead yeah. of 60 minutes. So, yeah, yeah. You, know. you should be thanking me. Not yeah. <laughs> right. Totally. Yes. Totally. So it's, a, it's great to actually have that flow over and into our, our team members as well. Something that we didn't or I didn't ask you right at the beginning, so I'm going to circle back and I feel like this is probably the first thing I should have asked you. <laughs> Why do we actually want to hire a virtual assistant as opposed to someone that comes in, into our office or someone that, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I want someone that's just down the road. Why would we want to, what's the benefits of hiring someone virtually? There's a couple, um, there's things around, you know, the financial impact of having someone in-house, having a staff member, you've got other financial obligations um, according to, you know, the tax agency and all that sort of thing. So your superannuation, sick leave, annual leave, work cover, um, equipment, software, all of that adds up, adds up. And, um, and so you've got that as one part of it. But in terms of them being, you know, just down the road maybe so I can catch up for a coffee, it's really nice to catch up with someone over a coffee. But we really do have the benefit now of doing what we're doing right now, which is still having a face-to-face chat and, you know, we can connect just as well without the distractions, to be honest. Mind you, I'll never turn down a coffee. But the other thing is as soon as you say, you know, and I do have this a lot, I want someone who's nearby they suddenly really narrow down the options they have available to them. Instead of having, and this is Australian-wide, which is where my area is, Australian-wide pool of skills, they've got a town-wide or two-town-wide pool of skills, which is going to really narrow down what's 
available to them. And I have said to people before, they're like, no, 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 I need them to be nearby. And I'm like, when they're working in their house nearby, you realize you can't go to their window and watch them work. You're aware ah. of that, right? <laughs> That's illegal. So, <laughs> so super creepy. It's super <laughs> creepy. So for them to be a few towns away might actually be a good thing legally. Yeah. But, but really, like apart from that, what is the benefit? Like what what was what was it that you thought was going to be achieved by them being nearby? And usually, you know, it is just so they can they feel like they're near. It's just a psychological thing they need to let go of. But if you have events that need to be managed and someone needs to be on site, well, then obviously you need someone within a certain locality where they can travel towards it. So again, depends on what your needs are, but that makes sense to me. You know, if you need someone who who does event management, as I said, then yes, location is going to be relevant. Apart from that, I don't see it as being relevant. No, I can't remember the exact stats, but I think it's like 20, 25, 50% of the workforce is going to be virtual or freelance and by 2050 it's something like 80 percent of the global world is going to be freelance i know it's super exciting hey Mm, yeah because most companies are going to be taking people on on a project basis they're not going to be like they're starting to steer away from people that are employed full-time probably Mm. for some of the reasons that you said before and also as things get more and more focused and projects are Uh, bigger and they need specific skill sets they just want to bring the experts in well that's going to mean that all of those people are then consulting on their own they also need people to help them with their admin or whatever it is that they need to be doing so Mm. I think that it's almost like a big momentum is the more people leave the workforce the, the more help they need behind the scenes yeah which is fantastic it's very exciting it is super exciting I know that I asked before, it was the first question I asked when to hire, but I wanted to like just, you know, we've talked about a lot of things. I wanted to weave back in. For someone that's listening now, they have paid clients. Mm -hmm. What is the very next step that they should take to really get someone on to help them straight away? Because there's only one way that you're going to grow your business and it's not doing more of the work yourself. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, my, my easiest uh, answer to that would be to visit our website. You can put a request for support in it's a free process and you can say what help you need. Tell us a bit about your business and the virtual assistants who have the skills and availability you need will then contact you in the method that you specify yep. um, to have a bit of a chat and see whether they'd be a good fit for you. And then at least then you can get the ball rolling and see whether there's, you know, it sounds like there's a solution for you with that. And then if you have any trouble with that, um, that, as I said, it's a free process. If you find someone, you work directly with them. It's, we're not an um, employment agency. But if you have trouble with it and you still need to find more help, then you can just send, send me an email. No, and it was, I did just jump onto your website before we, we got on this call and I'm, I'm a bit ashamed to say that the first thing that came up was copywriter and I just went, I didn't even think of a copywriter as a virtual assistant. I've, I have used copywriters before but just on a, you know, like a one-off task <laughs> process. I went, I didn't put virtual assistant and copywriter in the same, in the same bucket. Mm-hmm. So... Can you give us some ideas of different sorts of virtual assistants and different sorts of tasks that they can take 
because yes. I'm sure there's more than just copywriter that hadn't even occurred to me. <laughs> I've, I've got an ebook I'm going to give to your audience and there's, it's got two parts to it. One is working with virtual assistants ebook and the other part is 123 tasks that you can outsource. And I'm not going to run through the 123, but basically you're looking at one of the things that people seem really surprised about is debt collectors. We've got VAs who are debt collectors. We've got VAs who are uh, bookkeepers who put tender applications together, social media managers, graphic designers, web developers, podcast editors. What else is there? Oh my gosh, there's so, so many. Transcriptionists, receptionists, anything that you can do that is a business service, anything to support a business that can be done remotely falls under our definition of virtual assistant. Beautiful. And can we take these people on on a per task process or is it? Yes, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Just makes it a done deal, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy. You can have, that's the thing with a contractor. You don't hire a plumber permanently, do you? So, you know, you use them as you need them. You obviously want to make sure you've got an agreement in place at the start. So you're both on the same page. You understand what the terms and conditions are. Um, and, you know, copyright and privacy and all that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, you can work um, on an ongoing basis with your team, you know, one, two, three virtual assistants. I've got five um, and they've all got different areas of specialty. So, one, the first one that I started working a lot with was a copywriter, funnily enough that you mentioned that. Um, And then I've got two now that are more sort of, one is more digital assistant uh-huh. Another one's personal sort of assistant, more EA type stuff. Then I've got the reception crew and a Facebook advertising expert. So that's my team. Yep. And and I love them. They're all just absolutely amazing and they make my life so much easier. They make me look so efficient. They make me efficient actually because I get so much done. Yeah. So where can we go to get that working with VA's ebook? Well, I'm going to give you the link to pop into the show notes if that's okay. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. What I love and I wanted to touch back on that is that I think a lot of people think when they when people talk about team that it's that they have to have that team full time. Yes. And that's certainly something that I don't have. I've got someone that puts together my podcast. He's a permanent member of our team and has been for three years, but he only works a couple hours a week. Yeah. You know? that's and right. then I've got the person that does my show notes. She only does my show notes and it takes her I don't even know how long it takes her. I pay her on outcome base, but yeah. that's all she does is just do the show notes. So I've got a team of my team's over five, but the only, I've only got one of them that works full time. So yeah. just the, you know, just because we talk about having teams, it doesn't mean that we've got these people full time. No, absolutely. And mine are all ad hoc, and have been for a long time. And we are very close knit, even though it is ad hoc. And I think people also fall into the trap of thinking if I if I put an agreement together with a virtual assistant, I'm going to need to provide them with regular ongoing work right now. And, you know, it's, I've got to always have it there for them. Unless that's in the agreement, you don't, you, you want to have the agreement there so that you can throw work their way when it comes up. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you go, Oh, I'm actually going to do a podcast now. Now, you know, now I've got the agreement in place with that person already. Let's get the ball going. Yeah. You know, rolling. Or, yeah. you know, let someone know I've got an event coming up in a bit and the, the signups and all that sort of thing is going to take a little bit of a toll on me. Can you help with that? That'll be in June. We'll sort out the, you know, admin side of that now. And then they're ready to go for June. Or you can just have them there and say, I don't know if there's, there's ever going to be any work. 
but let's make it so that if there is, then, you know, we're good to go. That's very cool. So where do we even start with the agreements? So most virtual assistants will all should have an agreement they can send your way that outlines how they work. That will just include what they understand the role to be, which may or may not be within the agreement, a written clarification of what they understand the role to be. The agreement would include payment terms, confidentiality, privacy, who owns what, termination clauses and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. unless you're on a contract that, you know, is an ongoing one, you there's usually no notice required to stop work or start work or anything like that. It's just about communication and making sure that you've paid for work that's already been done. Totally love it. To call this episode complete, Rosie, I'd love for you to share why do we want to hire a virtual assistant? What is the thing that you want our listeners to walk away with, you know, when thinking about team? Well, your team is so much more than just completing tasks. Your team is about making your business a stronger, more, you know, comprehensive product. And it is also one that allows you just to really enjoy running your business. My team make me running my business fun, but they also allow me to see my children regularly. So I haven't forgotten what they look like. (laughs) So if you start a business and you're like, I'm doing this because I want freedom and I'm going to make choices and I'm going to be doing all this stuff. And then you go, oh my God, I forgot what the children look like. You need to have a team there to help you get that back on track. 100%. Not only that, but they they just fill the gaps that you don't oh. have. So oh, yeah. they, you know, like, oh my goodness, my, all of my clients know how much I love and rely on my team. Yeah. But one of them was uh, on our, our weekly group call yesterday and he takes the notes to make sure that everything's written down so that we can refer back to them because, you know, yeah. I facilitate, I don't take notes. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, someone said, what would you do without him? I said, he's not going anywhere. He'd be, no. I'd be running after him, kicking and screaming to hold him back. <laughs> That's how much I rely on my team. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm the same. Once you've got them and they're the right people, you never want to get, you're never going to want to let them go. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks so much, Rosie, for chatting to us about virtual teams and hiring and having people to look after our our mess or our business undies. It's been an absolute (laughs) pleasure. Thank you. I've had a ball. It's been really, really nice. Awesome. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast Click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.